So we want to look through this passage of Scripture, starting in verse 1, work down, we'll pretty much go to the end of chapter 1, we'll skip a little in the middle. But we're just going to walk through this passage of Scripture. It's a very exciting passage of Scripture, and uh, I'm looking forward to um, this message and hopefully what the Lord will do with it in, in uh, your hearts. Uh, as we look at Acts chapter 8, let's, uh, first of all, actually, let's stop, just take a moment, and ask Lord, thank you for this morning. Uh, thank you so much for this church. Thank you, Pastor Trent, for allowing me to come and uh, be with friends here. And I look forward to this great day. Uh, but we do pray as we look into your word that you will bless this time and speak to us. And help us, Lord, to, to be conformed to the faith of Jesus Christ. Give you this life in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so Acts chapter 8. Uh, before we get started in Acts chapter 8, let's think about what has just happened. What is the context? What is just previously taking place it is a martyrdom. It's not something that's positive. Uh, remember that Stephen uh, was a man with a message. He was preaching, and he offended some people. And he stirred up a, a mob against him, a mob of Pharisees and religious people that didn't like his message about Jesus Christ. So they were offended, and it ultimately led to his martyrdom. Uh, and so you see a person who is devoted to telling people about Jesus Christ, ends up being martyred. And so you have a very somber atmosphere as you move into Acts chapter 8. Look at verse 1. It says, And Saul was consenting unto his death. Uh, so this man named Saul was uh, approving of Stephen's death. Who was this man named Saul? Uh, most of us know later to become the Apostle Paul. But at this point in his life, he is an upstart Jewish Pharisee. He's, he's a young man, um, ambitious, probably, uh, looking to make a name for himself. He is an educated Jew. Uh, he was brought up at the feet of Gamaliel, one of their premier Jewish educators, one of their premier uh, Pharisees. Uh, he's a law-abiding Jew, and, and this is from his testimony in the book of Philippians. He said, look, I was all out when it came to obeying the law. There was nobody better uh, at obeying the law than me. Uh, he was a zealous Jew, and it shows in the fact that he is willing to put to, to approve of a man's death uh, for his religious beliefs. And, and then look, as, as uh, we continue in verse 1, it says, at, at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were uh, all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except apostles. Verse 3, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church. Entering into every house and hailing men and women committed them to prison. And so uh, Saul is zealous for his religious faith, uh, for his, his Jewish religion, and he is actively persecuting the church, actively throwing men and women believers into prison. Uh, so that just shows you how devout and how serious he was about his faith. Um, but notice uh, in verse 4. We saw in verse 1 that the church was scattered abroad. They're experiencing great persecution. But notice verse 4. They have this evil enemy, this man named Saul, breathing down their neck. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. So let's just consider now the beginning of Acts chapter 8. You have a man who is martyred for telling people. You have a man named Saul who is actively seeking out those who believe in Jesus Christ and persecuting them. 
But you have a group of people, the, the church of Jerusalem, even though they're scattered, even though they're persecuted, they are still committed to telling people about Jesus Christ. And as I studied Acts chapter 8, I believe it, we're going to meet a man here in verse 5 that carries on that theme of a church that loved to tell people about Jesus Christ. We're going to meet this man named Philip. And I believe Philip was a man who loved to tell people about Jesus Christ. Look at verse 5. It says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. So again, think about the, the, the setting. We've just had a, the first martyr in the, the Christian church at, at Jerusalem. We've just had the first round of persecution at the hands of the, the Jewish religious leaders uh, upon the church of Jerusalem, the, the first widespread where they were actively seeking out, going out, and, and dragging believers to prison. And yet, Philip is committed to telling people about Jesus Christ. It says he goes down to Samaria and he preached Christ Notice what happens. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies and, and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. So Philip goes down and he takes the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God gives him the, the amazing ability to, to work miracles as a sign to those that were there to show them that this is a true message. This is indeed a message from God. And these people, they, they see demons <coughs> cast out. They see the lame healed. And there was great joy. Because now they, not only have they experienced physical deliverances, they also now see that Jesus Christ can save them from their sins. And that is the result of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Consider this. There are many out there in this world, like those in Samaria. They are in bondage to the devil. They are in bondage to this world. They're, they're enslaved to their sin. They're sick with their sin. And they need the healing message of Jesus Christ. And the result is, verse 8, and there was great joy in that city. They can, when they come to know Christ and they know the freedom found in Christ, there's great joy. That ought to motivate us to also be people who love to tell others about Jesus Christ. That's what they need. That's what, that, that's what they're looking for. That's, that's what they're longing for. And so we too, like Philip, we should be people who love to tell others about Jesus Christ. Notice what else happened in Samaria. Verse 9, it says, But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because of that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. Verse 12, But when they believed Philip, 
preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued to fill the water, beholding the miracles and signs which, he, which were done. So there's this, this evil man named Simon, and he has uh, manipulated the people. He's used sorcery over the people. And the people are in bondage to his, his wiles and his, his uh, evil. But when they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, they are released from that. They are set free. when they, It says, uh, when he preached to them concerning the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, with power in the name of Jesus Christ. And Simon, he, he sees what Philip is doing. He sees him casting out demons. He sees him healing the sick. And he says to himself, I am a, I'm a, a sorcerer. I deal in this type of thing, this, this uh, supernatural power. But I have never seen anything like this. This is far stronger than, than the things that I dabble in. It says in verse 13 that, that he continued to feel wonder, beholding the miracles and signs. It blew his mind. And this man is a sorcerer. And that just goes to show you the, the power of Jesus Christ. His power far exceeds that of the devil, that of the world. And the message of Jesus Christ, it freed these people from this bondage. And not only did it free these people from, from being bound to Simon and his sorcery, it says Simon himself believed also. Even a man who had given himself to, to the devil, to the work of the devil, when he repents and, and sees Jesus Christ for who he is, he too becomes a sinner. No matter how far you have gone in sin, the grace of God will reach down to you. You will turn to God in Jesus Christ. And so we see some, some exciting things here that Philip has been able to do. Uh, praise the Lord. And it's simply because he had a burden to tell people. And there was great joy in the city because of him. So Philip is, is a man that loves to tell people about Jesus Christ. And he's doing a great job in Samaria. God is blessing. But now let's look down to verse 26. Verse 26. Philip is having revival. He is experiencing success. And then the angel of the Lord spake unto, him, spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south of the the way that goes down from Jerusalem and Gaza, which is desert. And, and now, if, if, if Philip was, was like me, maybe he would say, wait, 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 Lord. Samaria is having revival. Simon himself has changed. People are getting saved. There's great joy in the city. God, we are having success. Right, right here in Samaria. And you want me to go to a highway in the desert of Gaza? Lord, am I getting this right? God, you want me to leave the revival? And, and you know, as a, as a preacher, I have to admit, you know, it, it might be a little challenging to, to get up and, and to leave and to go where there are a few people. It, it, it's a desert place. There's not very many people there. There's travelers on this highway, but it's not like the city of Samaria, but you know, I'm thankful that Philip obeyed God. 
Because it says in verse 27, and he arose and went. He arose and went. And we see his great obedience there. Uh, verse 27 continues, And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority in the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her children, and had come to uh, Jerusalem for the worship. And so you see this man who is uh, a powerful individual. He's a wealthy individual. But he's also a religious individual. He's come to Jerusalem to worship. In verse 28, he was returning, and sitting in his chair, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Now, and so Philip, I think he gets a little excited because the Holy Spirit tugs his heart and says, Look, there is someone you can go tell about Jesus Christ. And I believe Philip got excited when he had an opportunity to go tell someone about Jesus Christ. And so he, uh, in verse 30, he, he runs. It says, And Philip ran thither to him. Heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And then the, the Ethiopian replies, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And so Philip, as he runs, he, he hears the, the Ethiopian reading from the book of Isaiah. And so I, I think that Philip, when he heard that, he does a little internal. He is so excited because he's he's this guy is reading from the Bible. Who better to share the message of Jesus Christ than someone who is open and, and searching for truth? And so he comes up and he says, Do you understand what you're reading? He says, No, I don't. I need someone to help me understand this. And so he desired that he would come up and, and uh, sit with him. And then 32. What a coincidence. No, no coincidence coincidence at all of what scripture the Ethiopian was reading. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shears, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or someone in the And then Philip, he, he knows it's time. Here we go. The time he was looking for, what he's been waiting for, 35, and Philip opened his mouth and began the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Now, Philip is an excellent example of someone who loved to tell people about Jesus, someone who, who is a, an excellent witness for Jesus Christ. Let's consider a few things uh, that can maybe help us be a better witness for Christ. Let's notice a few things. Uh, first of all, Philip was in the habit of soul winning. He was in the habit of soul winning. He was intentional about soul winning. We know that from verse uh, verse 5. It says that he went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to him. He was in the habit of soul winning. He was intentional about it. He sought out opportunities to himself. So if we're going to be someone if we're going to be a, a good soul winner, first of all, is we have to be we have to be intentional about soul winning. Uh, second of all, he was spirit led and spirit filled. Uh, when it came to verse twenty six, and the, the angel of the Lord spake unto him, saying, "Arise, go down, uh, go toward the south." 
he didn't argue. He didn't balk at it. He didn't say, I'll do it later. He arose and went. He allowed the Holy Spirit of God to direct him. Uh, he allowed the Holy Spirit of God to fill him because we see that very clearly as, as he sees the Ethiopian, the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, go, join yourself to the chariot. And then he goes. Uh, so if we're going to be an effective witness for Christ, first of all, we've got to be in the habit, we've got to be intentional about it, and then we've got to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, looking for those opportunities. When he went down to Gaza, he wasn't grumbling and complaining, God, why'd you send me down here? There's nobody out here. There's just that one little chariot. I mean, I should be in a big city preaching to hundreds of people. He didn't miss the opportunity. He saw it because he was he was in the spirit. He was submitted to what the Holy Spirit wanted him to do, and he's looking for the opportunity. Uh, notice next, he engaged the lost. When the when the opportunity Yes, it was one individual. It wasn't a large crowd. It wasn't a huge multitude. It was one individual. But when he saw the Ethiopian unit, he engaged him. He didn't let the opportunity pass by. So as we go throughout our day, uh, we, we determine, Lord, I want to be in the habit of someone. I want to be intentional about it. Lord, I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to sense your leading. And if you open opportunity... Help me to engage personally. Uh, so easy it is to say, well, they're busy, or they probably don't want to hear it, or they look pretty tough and in a bad mood, so I'm not going to bring it up now. But hey, if the Holy Spirit speaks to you, and he says, hey, you need to talk to this person, that it could be something simple, just maybe just handing them a track and an encouraging word. It could be something trying to strike up a conversation with them and, and invite them to church. It could be going to the gospel, going a little deeper. But it's following the Holy Spirit when He brings you to that person. Stepping out, sometimes it can be a little scary, but stepping out in faith and saying, Lord, I'm going to, to engage this person. Uh, just yesterday, um, I was meeting up with the deals up there, let me stay at their, their home, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, but I was uh, doing some walking around the neighborhood uh, with all the driving I do, I need to get out and, and get some movement and, and exercise. So I was walking around the neighborhood, and I noticed this guy out working in his garage. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, maybe I could go talk to him, I don't know. And so I walked by a couple times, and the Holy Spirit kind of just spoke to me and said, you really need to... Try to, try to engage him in there. And so I, I walked by, and the last time I went by, you know, I just spoke up and said, hey, how's it going? And I was praying to ask the Lord to kind of, you know, help him to, to reciprocate a little bit, give me something to work with. And he said, hey, how's it going, man? And so we, we struggled a little bit of conversation. I got to find out a little bit about his church background. We just we talked about spiritual things for a little bit. And I was able to encourage him a little bit uh, about, um, you know, his, his religious Especially uh, admonishing about the uniqueness of Christ in Christianity. He was pretty open to all sorts of, you know, your way is as good as my way, we'll all be good. And uh, so I just encourage about the uniqueness of Christ. You know, Christ is God, and not only he came to earth and lived, but he also died and came back to life. And what other world religion uh, 
can say that their God has, uh, their, their founder has died and, and come back to life. You know? who, who other religion can say that their, their founder is God himself? Uh, and so uh, God opened an opportunity. And it wasn't, it wasn't me doing some great thing. It was just simply as I was walking around the neighborhood and the Lord spoke to my heart, just going in and engaging this, this man. If we're going to be a good witness, uh, we've got to engage people. We've got to engage people. And Philip did a great job of that. And then notice what, um, what he does next is when he did engage him, uh, he engages him uh, by coming to him at his point of interest. So, so Philip approaches the Ethiopian and uh, he hears him reading from the book Isaiah and he asks him, hey, do you understand what you're reading? He tried to find some common ground. He tried to find something that, that would uh, cause the Ethiopian to, to, to open a dialogue. Uh, and he asked a question. Questions are very powerful. They, they create dialogue. They open uh, conversations. Um, he didn't run up and start, hey, I need to tell you how you can know you're going to heaven. And here's the Romans road. And, um, he, he, he came up and he asked a question. Hey, can I help you? with what you're reading. Can I help you understand what you're reading? You know, the world is looking for answers and looking for truth. Uh, but if you go up to them too soon and try to share the gospel with them, uh, if they're not looking for it, they would probably be less receptive to it. Uh, it it's good when you engage someone uh, to try to, to ask the Holy Spirit to help you sense where they are. Where is the Holy Spirit uh, at work in their life? Uh, one thing that helped me uh, recently, the last couple of years, is understanding that, that God is at work in this world. Uh, God is, is active in everyone's life to bring them to Jesus Christ. And he work, he's, he's at different stages with all these, these folks. And some people he is using creation to, to kind of prod their thinking that, Hey, you should realize there is a God that created this. Um, some people, he has given them much more specific revelation. They've grown up in church. They know the gospel. Uh, and, and they are farther along in, in the revealed revelation. They, they should be able to respond to Christ. But the Holy Spirit is, is at work. And the Holy Spirit is at work at that person in that person's life before you ever get to it. He's already at work. And so uh, our job is not necessarily always to reap the harvest to see them saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote about that in Corinthians. And some of us, is just a plant. You know, the, the guy I talked to yesterday, uh, I got a, a sense that he, wasn't, he was not ready to make a commitment to Christ. But he needed someone to challenge his perspective that all religions lead to heaven. And I believe that's why God pricked my heart to go talk to him. Because now the Holy Spirit has a lot of ammunition to use in his heart. And the next time he hears someone say, Jesus Christ, he, he remembers, Jesus Christ is unique. He makes Christianity stand out from all other world religions. Because that, that, is, that is seed planted. Someone else can come along now, as the Holy Spirit directs, and put some water on that seed in his heart. 
And it's neat to see how uh, when, we, when we engage people and we rely on the Holy Spirit to, to direct our, our thoughts and, and how we can help them and how we answer them, that the Holy Spirit moves them stage by stage along until he's ready to meet the hardest. Uh, so we've got to engage them and we've got to um, come to them at their point of interest, ask, ask them questions, help them with their questions. They may not necessarily always be gospel questions. They may not be, hey, how, how can I go to heaven? But when we sit down and we, we start sharing with them from God's word, the answers for their questions. The Holy Spirit then works in their heart. I was listening to a podcast recently, and this lady said that she would pick up her kid at, at daycare, and she was just being friendly. She was just being friendly with the, the, the child care worker and just asking how her day was. And, um, the One day the, the worker said, why are you so friendly? Like, everybody else comes in, they just pick up their kids and go, but you ask us how our day is going, and you're smiling all the time. And that opened the opportunity for a relationship where she was able to then uh, say, hey, I'm a Christian. And this is what Christ has done for me. And that lady began to ask her questions. And they would meet together over coffee and they would, they would talk about her questions. And eventually she came to the point where she was willing to put her faith and trust in Christ. Because she engaged her, she opened the dialogue, she asked, how can I help you with your questions? And then the Holy Spirit, at the right time, brought in the increase. And we see that's exactly what happens here with Philip as we continue reading verse 36. It says, And they went on their way. They came unto certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. Let them hear me to be baptized. And Philip said, If thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so we see the Ethiopian comes to Christ. And it's so exciting because Philip loves, to, Philip loves to tell people about Jesus Christ and he loves even more to see people come to know Jesus Christ. And there's nothing greater, there's nothing greater than to see people come to know Jesus Christ and be a part of God's plan, his, his work of redemption and evangelism. Well, what happens next? The uh, Ethiopian gets baptized and, and then in verse 29 we see that uh, and when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught them away Philip, that the Ethiopian, or that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. And again, the joy that Christ brings. And, and you know what? As this eunuch goes on his way, I believe he became the person who loved to tell people about Jesus. And then we come back to Philip one more time, verse 40. When Philip was found at Azotus, Passing through, he preached in all the cities that came to Caesarea. What's the last thing in Acts chapter 8 that Philip is doing? He's telling people about Jesus. Philip, a man who loved to tell people about Jesus. You know, God wants each one of us to be a person who loves to tell people. That's what our world needs. It needs people who will simply tell their friends, their neighbors, their coworkers, the people you come in contact with about Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for the word. Thank you for the great example.